Welcome to the Real Life Group's Leadership Podcast, a conversation about creating small groups where people grow in spiritual maturity in relationship. We're focused on you, the small group leader, giving tips and tools to help you lead effectively. Well, I want to welcome you back to the Real Life Group's Leadership Podcast, and today I'm really excited. We're having a conversation with some friends of ours, Mike Wraith, who is actually a local, let me read this right, licensed clinical social worker in our community, also a life group leader for Real Life, so excited for you to get to know him, meet him. Someone you've probably heard, seen around, has been on other podcasts at our church is Santa Yinger, who used to be one of our women's discipleship leaders, and now she actually is one of our uh, specific ministry leads for mental health and wellness. Ministry lead, is that right? That's, That's yep. the title? Wow. There you go. <laughs> so many titles I had to get right, so thank yeah, you for letting me read good. those. And today we are actually talking about mental health and wellness within a life group. So this has been a topic and an initiative for our church for the last season and has been really something that we've been focusing on. And we haven't yet really opened the door to life group leaders. So I'm really excited to um, open this topic. That's really exciting. Yeah, it, yeah. it is exciting. Yeah. So life group leaders are the lifeblood. They, they are. are. Yeah, they <laughs> like the backbone of this church, live it out, yeah. right? Connection. Yeah. They, totally. all, they have such an opportunity for that. So. Love it. Yeah. So this is kind of a serious topic. This is a kind of a deeper topic. So I yeah. thought before we jump into that, maybe we just keep it light for a second. Maybe yeah. tell us, each of you, kind of what do you enjoy to do for fun, uh, enjoyment, recreation? Santa? Gosh, I am a water girl, so water. sun and water, and okay. um, my favorite thing is to paddleboard or kayak on Lake that. Coeur d'Alene. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Love those seasons when we get to do that. I love those seasons when we get mm, to do yeah. that. Many of the <laughs> seasons important. we don't, but when we do. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm a I'm a nerd, so I really oh, love cool. movies. Love it. Um, go to the movies yep. with my family. Uh, spending time with my family. I love going on walks with my wife. I love being outdoors, yep. too. And uh, and love. I'll admit it. I love going to Disneyland. Oh, uh, it's yeah. getting harder and harder. You and Chris have this yeah. in common. Yeah. So we'll talk about this we'll talk later. offline <laughs> about that. Yeah. Do you strategize around I Disney? I do. Okay. Cool. I do. Plan. I'm a planner. Yeah. That's I'm sure. I'm sure from. my wife and you have talked about this before, probably. Right. Yeah. Disney? I think a little bit. We have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's really more the Disney nerd in right. our family, but it's great because, you know, yeah. actually, talk about stress. That's probably actually... It, it's a good tester of your stress. <laughs> yeah. Of your resistance your resilience? to stress. Your resilience to stress. Totally. Yeah. A lot yeah. of lessons there. Maybe we'll talk about Disney at one point. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. A whole other podcast. Yeah, a whole other podcast on that. Yeah. So, again, we're talking about mental health and wellness, and especially in the context of a life group, where there's people involved, and when there's people involved, there's definitely challenges. There's amazing mm -hmm. things, there's great things, yeah. but there's mm -hmm. challenges. So maybe let's just set up this topic for a little bit about why this is an important conversation. You guys have had this conversation a lot in different pockets, but if we're talking to life group leaders, why does kind of our IQ about mm -hmm. um, you know mental health and wellness matter? Maybe Mike, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, and Santa does a really good job whenever we do any of our classes talking about, um, you know, mental health is a, it, it, it's almost like a spectrum. Hmm. It's a way we need to see it. And so when we're talking about mental health, we're not just talking about um, severe illness, yeah. although that's part of it, or that chronic component to it. But we're talking about everyone has the need for good mental wellness. Mm -hmm. And so um, understanding that helps us relate to know that we all need that. We all need that kind of 
way of seeing our health and understanding, especially when we come across someone who is struggling. Yep. And so as a life group leader, um, that's opportunity. It's opportunity to really um, extend and show God's God's love to people. Love that. And connect with them and show them that empathy. That's so great. thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Santa, yeah. thoughts on that? One of the, you know, um, gosh, God's given us a lot of things to steward. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things he's given us physical health to steward. Sometimes he's given us finance. He's given us all possessions and finances to steward. Um, he's given us mental health to steward. Yeah. And to, so to recognize that when we say the term mental health, we're not just talking about severe illness or crisis or chronic. Those are parts of it. But Every single one of us has a mental health to manage. Yeah. Every single one of us has a mental mm. health to steward. And the more I learn about how I am emotionally and mentally wired yeah. and maybe what some of my own roadblocks to, to wellness yeah. are, yeah. the better I can engage with what the Holy Spirit and God is trying to do in my own life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that... Um, that that is just an incredible, uh, when we talk about it, the other thing is that makes it really critical is we're all looking for hope. Yep. And in life groups, when we can help each other be real and honest and vulnerable about where we are in, in all the totality of our life, and we can point back to Jesus, we give each other hope. That's really mm -hmm. good. And Jesus gives us hope. And in mental health and in mental distress and in chronic mental illness, Jesus is hope. That's great. And community is hope. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. So what I hear both of you saying is we're trying to back away from um, a stigma mm -hmm. where we're just putting labels on, mm -hmm. on things. And it's like, let's label it depression or mm -hmm. severe chronic anxiety or man it's actually a clinically diagnosed you mm -hmm. know issue yeah. you're trying to say hey this is this is a spectrum this is a everyone's at a different stage of their mental wellness as well is that mm -hmm. true yeah yeah and i think especially when we were talking earlier um the understanding of stigma yeah and i think the extra challenge sometimes within the church setting mm is understanding that, you know, we need to approach mental health or mental illness or um, that that issue as if it's just as serious as someone who has any other chronic need, yep. any other illness of some kind. And um, so we want to make sure that people feel comfortable and safe to be able to share what's going on in their lives and not yeah. be worried that someone from the church is going to maybe accuse them of not having enough faith or, yeah. or maybe they should be, you know, praying harder that their anxiety goes away. You know, yeah. that, that, those can be real barriers that can really shut people down. That's really good. And not want to share yeah. in group or to anyone. So that's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's so, that's so critically important to recognize that, um, where we've put stigma on things is maybe sometimes because we've not known how to handle things mm -hmm. and not known how to respond to mm -hmm. some things and to recognize that um, um, Mike does a class that we've designed and there is a continuum that we talk about mm. that all that goes well all the way from feeling in chronic um, to acute distress to, to I'm feeling okay um, and I'm yeah. feeling good. And so then recognizing that any one of us can fall on that continuum at any time. And there are some people that if you believe that God allows certain things to happen in our lives because we live in a fallen and broken world. Mm -hmm. Some people live with certain certain yeah. physical diseases. Some people live with certain mental 
distresses yep. and to recognize that that story has good hope in it yep. and that story needs community in it whether mm. it's a physical disease that you have to learn to manage or whether it's a mental illness disease yeah. that you have to learn to manage that it's not to be stigmatized it's actually to be embraced that this is part of the story that God is writing mm. in this particular community yeah yeah let's talk about community for a second because I think this is the key part related to how this topic relates to a life group because Mm -hmm. um, people get involved in relationship. And a lot of times when you start a relationship and someone joins your group, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of, you know, every quarter we launch new small groups, new Mm -hmm. groups. Mm -hmm. And so you walk into a group and it's like, hey, everyone's, it looks great. This is a great conversation. Then you get to know someone. And again, as you add people to a group and as you add time in seasons, you start to get to know people. In our previous podcasts with uh, Fred Bosset and Christian Putman, we actually talked about shepherding mm-hmm. and things to look for in a group. So this is kind of a c- continuation in some ways of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about being in relationship with with people, uh, a lot of times they're not going to share that kind of thing early on. You know, hey, I struggle with this. I have an anxi- past an anxiety or right. depression. Mm-hmm. So those things start to come to surface. In a, you know, if you're a group leader or you're just in a group, how do you begin to navigate yeah. that? Well, I think too. Um, one the, the leaders the leaders I've had in my life that I look up to are the ones who are transparent about their own struggles. Yeah, and so being able to hmm. constantly be talking about, you know, this is how God's intervened in my life, and here's the struggles I've had. I think if you create an environment hmm. where people can share their life, it's great, and and it's a safe. That's how you get to that safe, trusting environment, because mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to achieve here is creating an opportunity for connection. So many times you have people come into a group who maybe are struggling with some sort of mental illness or mental health issue. And um, if they're already going to feel like they're on the outside, Mm. um, they're not going to share and and they're going to feel isolated. So how do you create a environment where people feel connected? That's so good. And, And being transparent about your own struggles in life. Um, is one of the best ways of yeah. of of sharing that and creating that safe environment. Yeah, you're breaking down walls because you're actually going, right. hey, I th- I have my own struggles. Yeah, and people identify with that. They relate to that. And you'd be surprised at how many people will go, I didn't know. Yeah. Now I feel like I can yep. share. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I, I relate to that. Totally. You know. Yeah. Um. Mo- most people are struggling with something. Yes. And yeah. so. Because so, we're human, right? Because we are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're on earth, and we're dealing with a, a fallen world, a, a broken yeah. world. And yeah. so the more we feel safe to share our life, um, that's a good starting point. That's, that's a really good starting point. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Santa? Well, I'm thinking that also, like, when you walk into a group and, um, like, you know, you start new groups, you got, you know, 12 new strangers um, that you're just getting to know. And so that you don't exactly know how each of them function. So part of being in community is to kind of begin to learn what each other's patterns are. You know, what, what are each other's tendencies? What's your personality when things are stressed? What do you Hmm. look like in that situation? Hmm. What's kind of a normative. So then that way as I get to know the patterns and habits of who you are. I can better understand when you're not being, who you are, when you're not being yourself, when maybe there's something that I need to press in a little bit more. So I think becoming a student um, 
in an appropriate way, yep. a student of what is the patterns and the interactions uh, of the people in your life group. And so that you can recognize and part of it even starts becoming aware of what are my own patterns? Yep. What are my own patterns? Mm -hmm. What do I look like when I'm under stress? What yep. do I, how do I react when I've not had a good day? I've just had a fight on the way here. So how am I going to probably interact? Yep. Nobody else probably fights on no. the way to life group, no. but no. no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I love that. Well, and that's that intentional piece. That's, you know, and I like how you said be a student because you, you want to become just well aware of, of what someone's lifestyle is like. Yep. And that doesn't always mean, and I think that sometimes this is a misunderstanding when people are becoming leaders. Yep. Now I have to become best friends with everyone, yep. you know, in our group. And it's, no, it's, but it is getting to know them at a certain level and yep. maybe, maybe getting them connected with someone else in the group Absolutely. who can connect and build that relationship. Yep. The bottom line is, is you need someone to be going on a journey yep. with someone else. Yep. Yeah. And if they're struggling by themselves, yep. that'll continue that they will isolate. And, and that's one of the way that that's one of the main ways the enemy likes to get in there that's good. and, and really discourage people. That's really good. Is yep. isolation. So opportunity as a life mm. group, that's why I love this structure. It's really opportunity for people, maybe even for the first time to have a sense of community, a yep. sense of connection. It's great. So, Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that as every one of us comes probably with relational hurts, I don't think that we get through life without relational hurts. Yeah. And so then that sometimes can be the roadblocks within um, yeah. life groups. And mm. so then even just learning how to navigate um, and create safe environments where you people are not fixed, but people are heard mm -hmm. and seen, where yep. people are journeyed with yep. and, and not like abandoned, like, hey, that is way over my head and that's too much. Right. Um, but to, to go, hey, we're going to do the hard things together. So yeah. I have a question kind of on a couple of pieces you guys just brought up. One was, you know, these patterns that play out and you're going, hey, when you recognize a pattern change in someone's behavior, obviously starting with yourself. But if there's someone in your group that you're saying or, or seeing um, a, a shift in temperament, a shift in something, that's one thing. What do you look for? How do you look for that? What are some of those things? And then how do you kind of respond to that? You know, what would be some of the ways that you would engage with that conversation? Just curious at your guys' perspective at that. Yeah, I think um, for a lot of people, it, it is sort of, it can be sort of unique to that person. Mm. But I think if you're doing an overall, you want to talk, you want to be looking for uh, people who are struggling with uh, their mood. If you know a, a certain type of mood that they normally bring to yeah. the group and that, that mood's changed drastically, um, that's something to be looking for. I think also we talked about it, isolation. If someone is regularly coming, for yep. example, and now they have they missed two or three, yeah, you know, and and then you're trying to call them yep. and you're texting them and they're not really getting back to you. I mean, these are these are patterns to be looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, constantly in a place where maybe you've known their pattern mm -hmm. to be that they're they're you know not life's perfect all the time but they're yeah. normally you know able in an emotional state where they're regulated they're able to you yeah. know kind of handle the ups and downs and all of a sudden they're super wow. emotional all yeah. the time and it's hard to get them out of that and yeah and they're crying a lot and um yeah. you know so that's those are the changes in behavior because some people just have personalities that that's mm -hmm. that's what they are and that's okay yeah. for them yeah. that's like a baseline but, this is right that's a they, baseline yeah. thank you mm -hmm. that's a very good mm -hmm. word to use but that's why it takes that time and intentionality yep. of getting to, get to, to know, know people. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. And you got to create a space to do that. That's good. And so how would you respond then? You know, you're, you're seeing some of those pattern changes. You know, what would be some of the first steps if you're a leader? Can I also say something in yeah. that patterns? Yeah. So I think that another thing to begin to look at is like, what are the patterns in their story? Hmm. So if I have somebody who's had, I that's go great. like, there's lots of consistent stress in their story, mm-hmm. oh. then that's something that I, that I'm just aware of mm-hmm. that, um, uh, if there's, if there's patterns of lots of trauma oh. in their story, then, um, then I become more aware of that there, there's a higher potential for distress yeah. when, there, when there's. And so I think that I love that, like, if somebody's isolating and so also if, if trauma being aware of like new things that come into there, like new levels of stress that come into, right. into yeah. a group member's life, new levels of trauma, whether it's loss or job change mm-hmm. or transition, being aware of that, that puts somebody with less emotional and mental margin mm-hmm. in their own life. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to be aware of that. That's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 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 So how would we respond when we see yeah. some of those pattern changes? What would be some ways maybe from a group leader's perspective or right. things you've seen? That, that well, I, I think it's it's reaching out. Um, yeah. And, it's, and what would that look like in, yeah. in the reaching out? Yeah, so I would say, um, a, you know, a phone call, personal yep. side to it. Maybe it even might be, hey, I'd like to come by and check on with you. Let's yep. get kind of face-to-face with someone. Yep. Face-to-face um, has so much more of an impact yep. with people, positive impact. Yep. And also you can get a better sense of how they're really doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's the natural things of texting and calling, and and we need to be doing those things too. But I think if there's a real concern, um, it's spending, it's setting up a time to get with them. Yeah, let's go to coffee. Right, right. And hopefully, you've had enough time where you've built a relationship where you can get real with them. Yeah, and you can talk about have notices. Yeah, this is going on. But I think not being afraid, even if you don't know them that well. Yeah. To go ahead and go there. Yeah, because some, is something off? Yeah, what, I'm noticing I mean, something. Right, and a good transition phrase to say is, "Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to know you." Yeah, and so help me great. understand. You know, um, I've seen this, I've yeah. observed this. Talk to me about that. What yeah. does that mean for you? That's great. And have them talk about um, and open up to you. I think the more we dance around things, yeah. people see that, yeah. and they, they see that we're uncomfortable. Yeah. They're going to shut down. They're yeah. not going to share. So the more we can just be out and comfortable and yeah. show this is okay, yeah. Um, the more that they're going to yep. be like, I'm nine times something. I want right. to bring this up. It's yeah. uncomfortable, but they'll respect it more often than not. Great. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a one of my friends tells a story about how he had had some major things happen in mm. his life, and so that there had been a job change, yep. difficult relationships, and that he just pulled back, pulled back, pulled back, and like was in full blown isolation, like blowing off your texts, yep. not anything like that. And he tells me the story of the time that he got a phone call from his life group leader. And he says, um, his life group leader is like, hey, can I take you to lunch? And he's like, no, man, I just do not want to. And the guy was like, I'm sitting in your driveway. Just come <laughs> out the door and get into the car yeah. and let me take you to lunch. That's yeah. great. And so, you know, to me, it's yep. sometimes it requires that, like, yep. you're going to resist my pursuing yep. because often we kind of get into these cycles of Oof, my yeah. isolation um, feeds my my isolation. Yep. And the very thing that I need to break out of that, right, I right. don't know how to do that. And I need you to come find me. That's such right. a courageous leader. Yeah. I love that. If yeah. we're talking about people who are really in that level of, we call it in the, in the clinical world, decompensation. Mm-hmm. So if they're getting to that point where... They're functioning at this level. Now they're way down here. Um, The idea sometimes of stepping out of their house, getting up in the day, 
that is a monumental task for them to achieve. Yeah. So again, creating a safe space where you can speak mm-hmm. into their life, get in there, yeah, um, as appropriate as possible. Yeah. And and be on that driveway and be like, hey, you're out of excuses now. That's Come great. on into my car. We're going to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so even something like you mentioned there, help, like getting up, getting dressed, and that reminds me of that there are practices yeah. that we all need to have mm-hmm. for mental um, wellness. For mental wellness, yeah. and that the better that we practice those things, and the better that like we can even like that's even some of the patterns yeah. that you can look for. Like does. Uh, do I get good and ad- adequate sleep? How's my exercise level going? How are my group members? Are mm-hmm. they do do they have practices, mm-hmm. even just tiny small ones that would lead yeah. to good mental health? And if you notice that they have those good practices and then they start falling off, like you know, yeah. I don't know how many of you guys. I'm in that category where my life can get busy and me going Mm. to the gym does not begin to happen. And I need some people to say, hey, I haven't heard you talk about getting Mm -hmm. out and doing moving your body um, for a a period of time. I need people to help me stay on track Mm -hmm. with some of those practices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our sleep. And we talked about a lot in the church late lately, but Mm -hmm. um, sleep is huge. Yeah. It's one of the primary things that gets neglected. Yeah. And it, it impacts um, so many aspects yeah. of our life. Yeah. Um, even severe mental illness can yeah. start to manifest wow. with three or four days of loss of sleep. Yeah. You know, we will have people show up at the hospital and we'll think, well, that person must have schizophrenia or maybe they've been doing some drugs that are causing these type of yeah. uh, symptoms of hallucinations or whatever. It's like, oh, no, they just haven't been sleeping for three or four days. Wow. So... Understanding the impact of how God's that's created so us and that we're, we're actually supposed to be awake in the day and we're supposed to be at sleep at night. And that's not always the case for everyone. you got swing shifts and people yeah. working at night. But as much as you can get on a good sleep pattern, yep. get your eight, eight to nine hours in, wow. um, but be on a pattern yep. where you're going to bed at the same time relatively, getting yep. up at the same time relatively – you're gonna sh- you're gonna notice a lot of people's health improve just by changing those love things. That. Well, I love life. what you guys are talking about because you know as we talk about mental wellness and we talk about being in relationship with people and seeing how they're doing and and kind of having that care for them yeah. that even goes beyond hey we're sitting in a group and studying God's word. It's like what did Jesus do? He went beyond just the teaching moments. He spent right. a lot of time with his disciples yeah. and he noticed a lot of things right. and he challenged them on those things yep. in love, right? And so I think that's kind of a, one of the themes of of this session for me is you know, understanding your people at a really a deep level to care for them and care for their overall yeah. wellness mm-hmm. is is so vital and that's again, that is shepherding. That Very is caring shepherding. for your people. You're watching it. Yeah, so I, I think the important thing to point out is the leader understanding their group yeah. and understanding other people in the church and, and good, healthy-minded you know, um, individuals who can also carry on yeah. the, um, I don't want to say the weight, but the responsibility mm-hmm. and the opportunity yeah. to build relationships and have people get connected. One leader can't do it all. Yeah. Um, that'll become too overwhelming. And so, um, you'll, you'll start losing leaders that way. And so, but that leader being able to see, you know, I see that John Mm -hmm. Smith's struggling and, you know, uh, Mark over here, you know, I think he, they they make a good friendship or they make a good mentorship or whatever is good. And, and the idea is again, that people need to get connected. Supporting each other. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. 
one of the things that I love about our life groups that it's not all on a leader, that we all are to be disciple makers and that yeah. we're all in that process. And so as a disciple maker, I get to know the patterns of the people in my group. Mm -hmm. And then it's so incredibly important that men talk to men yeah. about the patterns that they see and that women talk to women about the patterns that we see. So the onus is not just on the life group leader or even just the life group leader and his spouse, yeah. but that it's on those of us who show up to life group and we're disciple makers that. is that we learn to recognize patterns and we learn to have good habits and practices that we encourage one another in and that women mm. are doing that more intentional investing to women and men are doing that more intentional investing to men. And then when you need to have harder conversations or just like, Hey, I'm concerned mm. about, I see this, I'm noticing this pattern yeah. that you've already created those yeah. trust relationships, yeah, that safe space, yeah, that, that safe space. And I'll definitely acknowledge, you know, the, my wife and the women in my life, they seem to have a perception that's a lot higher than mine <laughs> about situations. It's yeah. like, hey, did you know that they're struggling? I'm like, yeah. I had no idea. Listen, you know, they're here. To them. Yeah. Yeah. So have the perception. Same of, here. You know, who has the intuition? Listen to those right. people have intuition. But I love that reminder from both of you that this is a this is a team effort. We care together as a life group. And um, a cool special uh, announcement for the end of this podcast. This is actually the first of two parts. Uh, I should have said that at the beginning of the podcast, but I didn't. We're going to actually have a second part of this same discussion uh, next time. And we're going to be talking about kind of the flip side of this. We've been talking about mental health and, and mental wellness. We're going to be talking about crisis response when we have situations mm -hmm. that maybe don't go as planned, when difficulties come and they really do get kind of in the serious side. So we're excited for that. I want to let you know we have a variety of tools that we kind of mentioned that are going to be in the show notes. So check that out. And then in our next podcast, we're also going to talk about a variety of, of next steps that you can take as leaders. But again, I want to remind you, uh, it's not all on your shoulders. There's so much weight that you do carry. Uh, but what you do does matter. Mm. You are making a difference. So and just the relational environment that's created in a group makes a difference. Makes a big, makes difference. A big difference in people's yeah. health. And so connection, thank you. Connection, connection, yeah. connection. Yep. We need yeah. that. We need that as people. Uh, again, we're in a broken world. We're going to deal with situations. And that is the human condition that we're in the middle of. But we get to see the best scenario play out is when people are growing in spiritual maturity in a relational environment together as the church. So yeah. we're looking forward to this next conversation. Thank you guys so much for today. Looking Thanks, forward Chris. to next time. Thank you. Looking forward to it. We are grateful for the investment you make each week as you reach the world for Jesus one person at a time and make biblical disciples in relational environments. For notes from this show and other great resources to help you grow, visit realliferesources.org. 